0: Welcome to the Everyone Walks With Someone podcast. I'm your host, Jared Piney. And really, this podcast, the Everyone Walks With Someone podcast, is all about learning best practices to be better followers of Jesus by walking alongside others. Today, we've got a great episode for you as we're going to start by chatting with David Ennegren. David is the Goddard campus pastor at Pathway Church in Wichita, Kansas. Here we go. David, it's great for you to be with us.
1: Yeah, thanks for being, uh, for uh, letting me be here. I, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about, um, walking with others, and especially as it relates to um, sharing Christ with, with them as we're walking. So yeah I'm, yeah, I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, let's kick it off uh, since one of your favorite topics is walking with others. Um, I, I know you've had other people walk in your life mm-hmm. with you. And so give me one of those stories. I know it may have been different people at different seasons, but are, is there one of those that stands up of somebody kind of walking with you?
1: Yeah, and this might be um, a given for for some, but for me, it truly was my brother uh, he's 11 years old, older than I am and, and in many ways a father figure to me. But whenever, um, um, you know, there's tough questions uh, or issues that have come up for me to answer, to come up you know, with a solution, uh, he's the guy I go to and have, ta- have talked with and, and helped to process through some things. And believe it or not, he can be pretty wise at times. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, he's been the guy that I've gone to. Um, quite a bit throughout throughout my life. You know, there's different, like you said, different seasons where youth pastors and friends and so forth and pastors, but but um, my brother is definitely one of those.
0: Well, I've got three older brothers, so I know it's really hard to compliment a brother. So it it hopefully really we is. won't have him listen to this and, and you just called him wise. I it hope not. I hope he does. Yeah, to. I
1: hope he you- He's not listening. Yeah.
0: You know, it's funny when I've asked this question to people, a lot of it comes back to trust of, you know, you said you can kind of go to him because he knows you and you, you have that level of trust. And in past episodes, a lot of people when they're sharing these stories, there's a certain trust you have with someone when they're walking with you. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, yeah. Uh, that, you know, there's, you have to under you have to believe that they have your best in mind whenever they give you that advice. And he's that person along with many others, as I've said, but, uh, for sure, there was no angle, uh, there was no agenda for, you know, whenever I go to him, I know that I'm going to get the real answer with, um, with no fluff.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Well, the past few episodes, we've actually been digging into some of the actions that help us walk with others and really live out the values we've talked about when you walk with others. We've looked at the actions of seek and serve, and today we get a chance to look at the action of share. So, David, let's dig into what sharing means in the context of walking with others. So what do you want us to understand when it comes to sharing?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is books have been written on this topic, right? I mean, I have a shelf that probably has a few of them on it. Um, so we could go on and on about this topic. Uh, what I always go back to, Jared, is I uh, believe it or not, a YouTube video of um, I, don't, I don't know if you remember the Penn and Teller. Uh, the, a little bit. Yeah, maybe. the magicians. They oh, okay, had a. Yeah. They had a. Um, uh, kind of an act in Vegas. I don't know if they still do or not. No, they had a, and they had a TV show at one time. Penn is the larger guy, the bigger guy. He um, He's a well, well-documented well um, and outspoken atheist. Okay. And at one of his shows, uh, this YouTube, he, he gets on, on screen on his phone, I guess, and he begins to describe at one of his shows, this dude who came to him with a Bible had written his name and his phone number in it. And knew he was an atheist, but wanted him to have a Bible. And so if you have any questions, give me a a shout. And Penn goes on and on and on about how this dude, you know, he wasn't aiming to get anything. He didn't have any agenda. He's like, this is a good guy who simply wanted me to have a Bible. And then he goes on to say that I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in God. But then he said this. He said, "How if I did believe that that, you know, there's a bridge out mm-hmm. and someone's barreling down on that bridge. How much was it would I have to hate someone not to tell them oh. that the bridge is out ahead? And then he said, if, if I was a Christian, and I believe that, you know, that there was eternity at stake. How much would I have to hate someone not to share the love of God with them? Yeah. And that stuck with me. And I've shared that with a few, um, you know, a few youth groups and, and different groups I've, I've been with that has always stuck with me um you know how much do i have to hate someone not to let them know that there is eternity at, at stake
0: yeah i when i listen to you say that i think you kind of have in your heart and in your head kind of this waypoint that you can go back to and you've got an opportunity to to share what god's doing in your life what he did in your life or or something about God's Word to someone else, there's obstacles that happen. There's obstacles of challenges, of fear, of I don't have the right words, or I'm not prepared. But kind of your waypoint is, I've got to do this, right? I've got to do this because I know that Jesus rescued me and He's able to rescue other people. And so that helps you overcome those hurdles that oftentimes if you don't have a waypoint or something like that, that hurdle can have you stop and then you kind of go on the rest of your day.
1: Yeah, Um, there there has to be, i would think in each of us a sense of urgency mm-hmm. right um if if we are if we are eternal beings cre- created to live eternally and that this life is just temporary then that in of itself creates urgency yeah. right and so that that really dictates um really not that i leverage every conversation necessarily not that I have an angle to every everybody I'm talking to but it does it does formulate and dictate kind of um ultimately that I want everyone I come into contact with to ultimately know that 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 there is an eternity yep. and that there is a god that loves them and wants to spend that eternity with them mhm
0: now i i think they're you know, you said there's a lot of books written about this, and there's a lot yes. of messages given on this, and, and YouTube videos, and I wonder if some of our listeners are like, ah, oh, this is another good reminder, I've heard this before, and I need to get better at it, yeah. and then tomorrow happens, right. and they wake up, and they got crying kids, they're trying to get ready for school, and they've got work, and they got that busyness, and so, um, you know, I think, I think most people listening would understand what this idea of sharing, um, practically how, how does it how does it come out a little bit to really be able to go out and share christ with others whether it's in a, in a big way or for you or as you kind of teach us what does this look like um in our day-to-day lives
1: yeah that's a great question and i think it it's an ongoing practice for me and I, like you said it's, you know whether it's you know you get kids ready in the morning or whether it's you know trying to um, figure out how to get to work without you know getting angry and, and, and road rage you know I, we, we all're all there but but at the end of the day, um it, it's the moments like I had when I was driving to the lake one day. It was a you know it was a holiday weekend, I think it was July 4th weekend. Uh-huh. And this doesn't happen all the time. This is not, it's not <laughs> as if I I am the biggest hypocrite I need to go to the lake more. I need this to happen. <laughs> well, so I don't I mean, know. The story no, I'm the biggest yet. hypocrite <laughs> when it comes to this. So so you know, this and that's a whole other topic, but um uh, because it you know we can seem like, well, we're not good enough and so I'm not you not know, even gonna try. But in one instance of July 4th weekend, I ran into a lady who was, ran out of gas and didn't want to stop. But you know, had the Holy Spirit like, Yeah, you better turn around. So I turned around and ended, ended up uh, helping the lady uh, with some gas and so forth. And it took me a couple of trips to the gas station and back. But and, and of course, I, I, I at the end of the time with her, uh, I, I, if, eventually gave in to the Holy Spirit and said, okay, not only am I going to give you gas, I'm also going to just try to interact with this lady and her, mm-hmm. she had four kids in the cars. it was hot. it was like 110 degrees outside, it was crazy, yeah. and I just said, um, you know, hey, what's your story? I began to talk to her about who she was and kind of her kids and her background and and what led her there, and then um, at the end of the conversation, I said, look, it's not really in me um, to do this, but it's Jesus that lives in me, and and I'm a follower of His, and I'm simply doing what I think He would do if He were here. And with that, she began crying, and you know, wanted to hug and and so forth. Yeah. And and uh, begin at that point, um, uh, shared with her about you know our church and how she could maybe get connected to a family of faith, and and so forth. At the end. The, but uh, my point with that is that there are opportunities that come our way, and if we're if we're sensitive to them, if we will really one pray ask god to to reveal someone this week that needs him that yeah. needs um um you know Christ in, in their life he, he, he of all people wants us to witness to others about him so he's going to bring them into our path and it's not like um you know he's going to make it difficult he'll make it easy it's just are we going to be obedient to see them are we going to have eyes with eternal perspective to be able to to spot them when they're there and like i said i told her i said I, I would much have rather gone to my campsite and gotten on with my weekend, sure. but to be honest with you, I said, "This is not me. This is Jesus in me," because I think this is what He would do, and so that's I think hopefully how I approach each week and, and, and each conversation is is how can I inject Jesus and the, and the hope that's found in Jesus with the people that I come into contact with. Now that, that really begins to inform how I do relationships that's how I do neighbors that's how I do friends that's how I do conflict that's how we do um, um, relatives <laughs> that's how we do uh, camping on the weekends you know is is in light of eternity how how should I approach this opportunity
0: yeah I want to go back to that story a little bit and just talk about a couple of the values that I don't know when I heard you speak that that I'm like man these can translate into every Walk of life, and the first one is you were willing to be interrupted. Like you're going to the lake on Fourth of July weekend. We've all been there before. Like you've got you're ready for the barbecue, for the people, for all the things, but you were willing to be interrupted. And
1: and even did you say you drove by and then you had to kind of you had to come back by? Right? It was funny. I was on a motorcycle with with uh, these science (laughs) science goggles on because Uh it doesn't dry out my contacts. So they were
0: probably like, "Please don't stop." And (laughs) then like,
1: (laughs) "Who's this?" You know, there's like, uh, you know, a science guy on a motorcycle and I have my son <laughs> on the back, but he's six foot four. And so <laughs> it was kind of like a dumb and dumber kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's where, exactly what I thought. Where, of right yeah, there. we turned back around because I was like, oh, I, I got to stop this poor lady. She was almost half on, half off of this busy road. And so I, I, and then I could see kids in the car, at least one or two. And it turned out she had four. And so... Um, yeah, so I felt like I, I needed to stop. As the Holy Spirit said if you don't stop, you're gonna you know re, be replaying this, yep. this instance the rest of your weekend. And I'm like, ah, I better stop.
0: Yeah, and you've probably you know for me, there's been times I haven't stopped. or I didn't have that opportunity that God opened up, and then I learned from that. Like, all right, when this comes again, I need to be able to do this. You kind of have a a resolve or a predetermined. All right, if God gives me an opportunity because you're looking for it, you're you're willing to stop. So. And I think there's a lot of times we're not willing to be interrupted. So it may be you're at work with someone and you ask how their day was. But man, it was it was a rough weekend. And you're like, oh, well, I, I didn't want that answer. I just wanted to say it was good. How's your day? It's good. Like you know, you're not willing to like say, okay, like tell me a little bit about that. Or you're not willing, you know, you're going out and you see these different opportunities that you're going to have in you know your kids' sports, ball games, or at work or with friends or family or even family in your house. You're not willing to go from what your selfish predetermined action was going to be, even if it's just like I need to Netflix and chill or or whatever, but you're you're willing to engage in that conversation. So I think that's a value that we can use wherever.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, recognize that it doesn't, It does. We don't have to go into into the depths of theology with everyone that we come into contact with, right? It's just taking the little steps. It's just the little opportunities, and then it's seeing, as I said before, is seeing people through the lens of eternal perspective, uh, of just slowing down and saying, you know, um, maybe this is maybe this is someone that that needs the hope in Jesus today. And, and and we can get real selfish and really um, kind of tunnel visioned with with like you said like your day and and I get there i mean, I'm, I mean I do that every day I do that all the time and I go to the store and I have blinders on it's like like guys when we go shopping like I'm going there for <laughs> one specific item I'm not there to just browse I'm there to go get whatever it is that I'm getting and I want to get get out um, but if we can just slow down and and look at others the way that that Jesus sees others um, and you know in the, in the, in the longer I live, the more eternal perspective I think I've gotten, mm-hmm. especially with the you know passing my of my my wife, you know yeah. God gives us the, um, oppor- you know God gives us kind of that lens um, with you know the longer we live, you know mm-hmm. the opportunities um, to recognize that hey that we're here not only for a purpose, but we're here for a short time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We've got to make the most of it. The other thing I love on that story that you said, David, was you added in, hey, I do this. I don't remember how you said it. You said it way more eloquently than I will, but not just because I wanted to help, but because, you know, Jesus wanted me to help and I just wanted to be able to stop and do it. I think many times we can have conversations with people or even it's kind of an act of service that you can serve someone, which was one of our actions that we had, right? Um, but we don't tie it back into kind of really the reason why. And, and it may not be that we have to every time. Like you can go and help without having that. But when you said that you did that, did, did I hear you right? That gal kind of started getting she emotional. Bro- she broke. And- no,
1: I mean, I think, she, you know, obviously she was thankful that I brought her some gas that she could, you know, get on with her weekend as well. Uh, and so in some ways she was kind of felt helpless and here was somebody helping her. So that probably was, you know, wasn't just my eloquent words. Yeah. <laughs> but to that point, though, I think she recognized that there was, uh, she you know she I don't know how long she sat there, but other cars had driven by, yep. and and so I think she was just grateful that somebody somebody stopped by. And then when when Jesus, you know, there's something about Jesus, right? There's something about that name, and there's something about uh, faith. And when you inf- when you when you inject faith and in Christ into your actions. Uh, it carries a it carries a heavier weight yeah. Does that make sense yeah. like and so when she heard that man it the honesty. I th- hopefully, it was honesty that she heard. That truly, I did not want to stop. I wanted to get to my campsite with my family because my family was, was waiting on me to get yeah. there. With I was bringing some supplies, believe it or not, on the motorcycle, <laughs> beach ball. I think my son had a beach ball in front of him. I don't know. It was we were loaded down like dumb and dumb. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I, I really did want to get to the campsite, but then just the honesty, like like I, I didn't want to s- stop, but I felt like this is what. Jesus would do, and I follow Him, yeah. and so I'm helping helping you because of of what Jesus has done for me. And with that, she honestly um, was very um, emotional at that. And then, and then at that point, that kind of broke the ice for Hey, hey here's um, an invite card to our services. Uh, love, to ha- love to love to have you come visit us sometime. And so, yeah, it it, it broke the conversation open for for further. And I saw her in the restaurant here this past week. Oh, okay. And she, once again, gave me a huge hug and and, uh, kids were doing great. So anyway, it was Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One last kind of comment on this story and then we can move on. Um, I, I loved on this that, you know, because you said that she got emotional and in a previous episode, we had a... Guy named G that was on that he shared a couple of stories of. There was two different people that was like praying, like, "Okay, God, if there's a sign, then do this." You know, and sometimes we've all had that prayer before. Help me out of this. You know, they're kind of half faith right. or they're disconnected. And both these times, G showed up in different ways and helped people out. So even on this, somebody on the side of the road, you could have helped out and said, "Hey, I'm glad I was able to help. Have a good day." But you tied it back to your faith and those things. I think that's probably maybe a little bit of what got her emotional. Like I was looking for something and. And now God showed up, and you planted a seed, and, and who knows um, what that will look like with her faith and with her kids. It's all a real tangible action of that, but it's a great story. Let's let's keep digging in on this action of of sharing. What else? What else do we need to know?
1: Well, um, I mean, I've just been challenged. You know, I do some reading, and of course, have. Um, as I said, I had several books on this topic. And um, I'm just challenged by a lot of the authors that um, have spoken on this. You know, for instance, uh, Charles Spurgeon, one of the um, premier um, preachers of the past. Every, he says every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. And so um, that, that informs, again, not just pastors, not just those of us who uh, work at a church, but that's every Christian, he says. Every Christian is a missionary, and that really puts the um, the emphasis on on what it is that we're supposed to be doing each and every day, not just on Sundays. Each and every day of what we what are what we're about. Yep. And um, and then another one, Rick Warren, you know, more recent um, author. The way you store up treasure in heaven is by investing and getting people there. Mm-hmm. I love that statement, where uh, it talks about investing yeah you know, we we do, we we talk a lot about investing our finances and investing our resources, but um sometimes we we fail to mention that really the biggest investment we can make is in people um, yeah. for eternity.
0: yeah, no i I love both of those and again, you're kind of going back to helping us have a predetermined mindset on our heart and our mind of okay, God not just wants everyone to do this to be able to share Christ with others through. My actions through my words, but He wants me specifically. I think sometimes we can read the Bible and say, "Okay, this is for everybody else, right. but it's not for me." And so you're kind of creating, you know, some of these, you know, great things from the different authors and those of saying, "No, I need to be able to do this." And maybe I don't feel prepared or ready, but this is something I need to move towards and make progress in because God has called me and equipped me and sent me out to be able to share His good news and His hope that you mentioned earlier to other people.
1: Yeah, and, and it's and it's easy to. To really um, become overwhelmed, if, you know, I, I've heard it said so many times. You know, I don't feel comfortable or I don't feel qualified to share my faith because sometimes we're still, you know, kind of determining our own faith in, in some ways, especially different seasons of our life. And so, the last person we feel that should be sharing that faith is is us. Mm-hmm. Um, but but sometimes. You know, those around us just need, need to hear the honesty in our voices of, "Hey, I, I, I'm going through a rough time too, but this this is how I'm processing that within my faith." Yeah. And so we we still can share Christ even if we feel like we don't know enough. I, mean, if I had a dime for every t- time I heard someone say they weren't, weren't you know didn't feel qualified, I'd be a rich man. Yeah. Um, and I think honestly, that's what all the famous characters in Scripture would have said the very same thing. You know, from Moses, I mean, all down, they all would have said this very same thing. I'm just not worthy. I'm not qualified. Use someone else, else. right? I I can't speak, right, or I can't do this. That I'm too short, you know. And so God uses those of us who are who are broken, those of us who uh, you know may not know everything, and and that's okay. That's okay.
0: Yeah, you know one thing that I've found myself, so here kind of recently at Pathway Church across all of our campuses, we had 67 baptisms, which was just an awesome weekend to hear the stories of. And um, there's even... If you, you know, if you were moved by that and you're intentional of trying to invest in people and get conversations to go faith based, like for like the whole week after that, people say, Oh, how was your weekend? And I'm like, Man, it was great! Like at our church, like I gotta tell you this story. And this is people not a faith, people I'm playing pickleball with, or I'm at fantasy football with, or I'm just there, and it brings up these conversations. And so, when we think of sharing, it's not just you know, sharing what the gospel is and, and all that, it's sharing what God's doing in our lives. Like, there's many times. Uh, I lead a home team on Monday night so on Tuesday when people are like, How was your day yesterday? Man, I got this queued up to go of like, man, group was great. We talked about this. We're like, Well, tell me more about the group or more about church or the baptisms. And so there's ways to share what God's doing when you're ready for those conversations of what'll happen.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you're so right, Jared. We we, we have the opportunity. So once again, I use the the phrase inject Jesus into the conversation, yeah. and oftentimes I fail to do that. I'll I'll just talk about the generics of life, you know, which are which is fine, but then fail to uh, to mention, hey, how was your weekend? Well, we we did. We had 67 people in one week um, take the next step of baptism, yeah. or or like you said, um, we had a kid. Um, you know, demonstrated its faith by doing X, Y, Z, or um, walking alongside of a couple, and uh, and then their marriage is just um, growing and thriving now. You know, or whatever the story is, um, it's 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 once again I keep going back to it. It's having that eternal perspective.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's good. It <laughs> makes me think of uh, so about two or three weeks ago, uh, my wife Andrew and I we got in a fight. And we don't we don't normally fight, but we had kind of a fight that came out and. was like four days after that. And we, we had the right conversations and, you know, some things we both needed to listen to to say. And so we got, you know, we moved on from it, but I had someone ask me, um, that's not someone that goes to the church that I go to, not someone I didn't know where their faith was. And they were like, Hey, you know, how are things going? And and in that conversation I had shared, you know, man, there's, you know, my wife and I, we got in kind of an argument and there were some things that I realized I probably need to get better at. And, and some things in that conversation that I didn't dig into because I knew God wouldn't wanted me to. And so kind of injected Jesus in that conversation. And we had such a great conversation about his faith story of where he's at. And right now, uh, he's kind of disconnected from a church, and so we're beginning to talk. But even on that vulnerability, or those things that you share, and those things, it can—I don't know—it can help steer conversation to be. Faith-based. It
1: really does. It really does. It helps us to guide the conversation because sometimes conversations can just be kind of just blah, just about you know
0: how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm yeah. Good.
1: A lot of nothing. All right, <laughs> and and maybe not real productive. <laughs> yeah. But but maybe it's just those little things that you that you mentioned that can steer the conversation into. Whether it's church background or faith background mm-hmm. or, um, yeah, things things That's of good. that nature that can that can again inject Jesus. I'm gonna use the same phrases. Yeah, you're gonna get tired of hearing those same <laughs> phrases in this whole podcast.
0: <laughs> It'll be good. Maybe people will remember. Maybe we'll all remember. Nothing else. So, Who's so. that
1: inject Jesus good. guy?
0: <laughs> um, yeah. On this topic of of sharing this action, what's what's the last thing or last one or two points you kind of want
1: us to know? Um. Man, there is so much. I think, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, I want to circle back on the idea that it is not just those of us in paid positions with the responsibility of sharing our faith. You know Chuck Colson, who um, author and I um, think uh, he's a former politician, I believe, okay. uh, way back before I, I was really. born. Maybe you know him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he wrote uh, the church does not draw people in; it sends them out. And so I thought that was I think that's key. I think um it's key for us to to really remember that um that evangelism is not just for the paid staff, it's for all of us. Um because tr- truly there are people that that you and the others that are listening to this podcast can can have a relationship with that I cannot. Yeah. Right? Th- there are there are people that you come in to contact with that I'll never reach um, because of my background or because of proximity. Um, and so it's really on each of us um, to, to be truly the the voice of Jesus to others. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, St. Francis of Assisi. love to say that word, Assisi. <laughs> <a> <laughs> um, but St. Francis of Assisi who said, um, what did he say? Something about, um, at all times, in all places, mm-hmm. preach the gospel, and and when necessary, use words. Yeah. Well, I think it's necessary to use words. Yep. Right? So it's not just actions, but it is words, too.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, just, I don't know, you kind of teaching, thanks for reminding us. You know, we've talked about the values of living life with those that don't know Jesus and trusting God for the outcome and... Mm-hmm. Some of those on prior episodes, and then we begin to dig into these actions of seeking out others, serving them, and then this idea of sharing and what does that look like? And I know my takeaway is going to be the um, being willing and being willing to be interrupted and then injecting Jesus in the conversations that we have. So. That's good. Um, Well, before we move on to our next guest, um, you've mentioned a lot about books and a lot of authors, and so I'm kind of curious on this, but what's the book you're reading right now or maybe a podcast that you're listening to?
1: Um, Yeah, I'm listening to a couple podcasts. One of the main ones is The Unstuck Church. That's kind of of where I live right now, and so I'm listening to that podcast. Um, a book I've been reading. Um, and again, I'm one of those guys that will pick up a couple of books and I might read a couple of chapters, put it down for a while, and then pick it up later. So I got two books I'm reading right now. One's called The Spy and the Traitor. It's kind of cool. Oh, okay. It's about a Cold War. It's really kind of cool. But then, um, one that recently, uh, someone dropped off several books for us to take to uh, inmates at the at the correctional facility nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we did that we, I wanted to kind of vet them and, and read the book first in several several of these uh, copies of this book called imagine heaven okay. and, and what it is is it's um, a compilation of near-death experiences or death experiences where people have flatlined or they have mm-hmm. they, pa- they they passed for you know sometimes five minutes sometimes an hour mm-hmm. and then they've they've come back and so this author has compiled hundreds of examples of people with these uh, experiences very fascinating really really encouraged actually has encouraged my faith and to the point that we're talking about has really uh, helped to um, uh, continue the urgency really
0: yeah no that's good we'll link to all of those in the show notes to get a chance to look at yeah you know, one thing I've loved about the different episodes on this podcast is actually listening to real-life stories and examples from people on how they're walking with others and how they're living out these teachings. You know, in each episode, we'll bring on a guest and we'll share challenges, but also the wins when we have as we're living out this um, value of walking with others. And today is going to be a real treat because we've got our guest, Amanda Levian on, and it has been great just really seeing her lead out in so many ways over the last uh, just many, really many years, and I can't wait to dig on on this conversation. So Amanda, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us and taking the time to share.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: So it's great to have you with us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you? So what do you do for a living, Um, maybe a little bit about your family and what hobbies you might have?
2: So I work for the Goddard School District, so I I, um, wear a couple different hats there working with our nonprofit, but also working in the communications department for the district. So, you know, all those fantastic emails that come out, um, I help our department with those. Um, I'm also a um, busy mom to three little rug rat boys, Um, so that keeps me busy enough that I don't have too many hobbies these days other than (laughs) chasing my boys around and, you know, feeding them. A lot of food. I was <laughs> going to say, they're
0: getting bigger, so they're eating yeah. way more food, right? She's a
1: little modest. She's actually uh, a, a, like a farmer. She has chickens.
2: I do. I have oh. chickens. It, that is that is maybe one of the hobbies since moving to the country that I've kind of um, adapted, and yeah. I never would have thought myself as a country girl, but um, I guess moving out there has kind of made me one, and I, I do. I'm very proud of my chickens. I'm very <laughs> proud that they give me eggs that yeah. help contribute to feeding my my big boys, so...
0: Now I'm sure the boys were like, I'm gonna help out with everything if we can just get chickens that usually last a couple weeks. <laughs> has it has it lasted longer for you?
2: No. no. Like they loved they loved taking care of the baby chicks. Yeah. Right? Oh, Once okay. the chicks moved to the big coop, um they they weren't so helpful. And even my husband from the beginning was like, This is your deal. I'm not messing with chickens. If you want chickens, it's all you. He's so. are not to overpromise. Yeah. Like hey, if you right. want
0: them, go ahead, but it's, right. it's all you.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now Amanda's also tremendous Support and help at our campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, she oversees our uh, home teams, and our small groups for adults. And so, yeah, uh, she's amazing. She actually does a lot yeah. and with uh, the time that she has between the kids and. And she says she has three boys, but if you add her husband, which a lot of times I know him well enough to know that he's he's a little bit like his his own boys, and yes. so she's actually raising four boys.
0: There we go. Yes, I I cannot argue against that. I think I think, well, I think so. any
2: wife sitting in this position would have say the same yeah. thing about their husbands.
0: Well, I made uh, curious. Um, I, what would you say your personality type is or introverted, extrovert? It's been fun listening to people that come on the show that walking with someone isn't just for one unique type of personality. We're actually all created to be able to do this in our own unique ways, but how would you define kind of your personality type?
2: Well, I'm, I'm definitely, I mean, off the charts, extrovert. I, I love people. People fuel me. I love conversations. I love, um, reaching out to people and connecting with people. Um, So it is one of those things where you feel like, well, if you're an extrovert, this should be easy for you. That's not always the case. Um, It is, although I love talking to people, it is stepping out of my comfort zone in some ways, having particular conversations with them. And I'll tell you, some of my most meaningful conversations and things that I've learned the most have come from the introverts. Mm -hmm. And um, so I hate placing like extroverts have this much more to offer than introverts because we're extroverted and it seems like it's easier to talk um but introverts have the ability to listen and to receive information whereas sometimes we can just overcompensate with words
0: yeah no that's so good Um, well, one thing I've loved about these episodes is again, listening to not just the wins, but the challenges when it comes to walking with others. And today kind of some of these stories are going to be focused around this idea of share this action that we've had of, of sharing with others. And so this action all play, so we can all kind of share stories of wins and challenges when it comes to walking with others on this aspect of sharing with others. So Amanda, why don't you get started with a story that you can think of?
2: Um, Okay. One of the stories I can think of that's kind of new in my life is about three months ago, we had a woman um, come into Pathway and my son actually recognized one of her daughters because they were in school together. So he pointed her out and I said, well, let's go over and meet her and um, talk to her and make sure she knows where she's headed. So ended up meeting her, um, introducing myself, talked a little bit to their daughters, helped get them checked into child care. Um, and my son was excited to take his little friend back to childcare and mm-hmm. and um, show her everything down in the children's hall. But um, anyway, she had an awesome first Sunday experience. After church, I asked her if she you know, was plugged into any groups, like what she, if she would like to join my women's group, I said, I know it's the first Sunday. Um, and I know this might be way too much, too quick, but I just like, I have this women's group and I would love for you to join. I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, we're a tribe. We have each other's backs. It's, it's a great place to meet people too. And, um, she ended up saying yes. And not only that, she came the first week (laughs) And she even brought snacks, which is hey, there we I go. I mean, you bring snacks, you're in the group. It's not yes. like she had to try. We were accepting her in <laughs> regardless, but she ended up bringing snacks on her first time there, which was just kind of over the top. But, um, anyways, upon like leaving that night, she she said something. Um, she was like, "I I do God really well, but I don't do people so well," and so. I said, okay, I was like, I'd love to talk more about this. And so anyways, we, we had some opportunities to meet, but hearing her story and like learning about mm-hmm. um, where she she had come from, like sh- there'd been a lot of hurt and there was a lot of trust issues with people yeah. um, in her personal life, but also people in the church um, churches that she had come, had come from previously. So um, when she said she didn't do people well, it was, I don't know if I can trust people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can trust being vulnerable with people. Yeah. So it just opened up an amazing opportunity for um, some of the women in our group to walk alongside her and to build this relationship. And two weeks ago, she was baptized. So um, it's been pretty remarkable to kind of see her journey. And um, you can just kind of see the life in her eyes. And I think, I mean, of course, like she's grown in a relationship with Christ. She's starting to like walk in all that she knows that Jesus is and has for her. Um, but having a community of people and having not only myself, but, but other women investing and pouring into her, I think has really been one of the key pieces, um, that has brought her, you know, to that place where she can trust people and she can not only do God well, but she can do people well too.
0: That's good. I, I love the beginning part of that of just you investing in her. We talked earlier in this episode on investing in other people, and uh, not only did you walk across you know the atrium at the church to introduce yourself, but you took your son with you, and so he's been a part of the story too. And so he probably sees the friend more at church, and maybe you saw the baptism and those, and so you know he's learning from seeing you investing in other people and walking with them, and that invite to home team. That's that's awesome.
2: Right. And I think kids are sometimes, and this hasn't been the only um, situation with with my kid even pointing people out, but kids, um, they don't feel that hesitancy, I think, that we as adults feel oftentimes. Like, even my son was like, Mom, we got to go talk to her. We got to go talk to her. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, we do. Um, but. We sometimes are like, oh well, it's their first Sunday, or we're just gonna, you know, they let's just let them, they let's just let them get where they're going, or um, that may be too much too soon for them. But kids just have a way of um, having that urgency that we sometimes hesitate because we're worried about what they're going to think or if it's too much or all these uh, kind of adult um, theories that get into our head. Um, so that's like that is one thing I've learned a little bit from my kids is is to just have the urgency and don't be as scared to go up and talk to
1: people. Yeah. They just don't have the inhibitions like we do. Yeah. You know, right. they don't, they don't, um, um ha, they don't have the fear of failure like we do. Yeah. I think we, we are so sometimes paralyzed by our fear of failure. Um, and, and, but how awesome is it for a man to bring someone with her? I was going to mention that earlier yeah. is one of the, the big keys is, is, you know, Jesus sent his disciples out two by two, right? So there's some wisdom in that. Yeah. You know, uh, n- none of us are Lone Ranger Christians. You know, we can have, you know, someone go along and, and maybe help. Uh, not that, you know, we have to have someone with us every time we have a conversation, but, um, but it helps to have someone by our side, um, you know, I was thinking about a story recently. A, if you want a good fail story, I have a good fail. Oh, story. I was
0: gonna, I was gonna make sure we had
1: some of those. Uh, this is a fail story oh, for come sure. On. I, I had um a firefighter in our area call me and say, hey, I, we had a call. This lady <clears throat> needs some help. She's really um isolated herself um and um won't leave the house um and really needs someone to talk to. And so I went out there and and uh, took my wife and we went out and and uh, and spoke to her and. Uh, Man, she really was isolated. She had suffered um, from depression, anxiety. And then she, after, you know, with with a bout of that, that really debilitated her to the point where she even lost her job as a nurse. Mm. She then lost her husband who passed away of COVID. And and then that just really spiraled her down into a... um, uh, to a hole that she could not climb out of. And she had two teenage boys, and so they now are really part of the the vortex of brokenness, really. And um, begin to listen to her, obviously, and just listen. And then finish by just sharing the hope that's in Jesus, trying to circle her back to the, her hope and the, and, and the answer to what she's looking for was in Jesus. Yeah. And I was hoping that she would reach back out. I was hoping she would, you know, maybe come to church or at least let us go back out and, and reach out to her. And though she didn't say we couldn't, uh, there have been um, others. I, I've had some of our other uh, small group leaders and, and ladies from our, our church go meet with her. I just have not had any yeah. success. You know, sometimes uh, you're just planting a seed, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just planting a seed and maybe someone else gets to uh, gets to harvest that seed later on.
0: Yeah, you know, one of our values of everyone walks with someone is trusting God for the outcome. And Absolutely. we talked about like one of the top questions that we got in from people is what does a fail look like? And really, a fail is just you're not being obedient to what God's leading to. It's that's not the whether only they fail. Yeah, that's the only fail. Only fail. It's not being obedient. It's not yeah. whether they come to church or you have a good conversation. It's just, nope, I just didn't follow what yep. God was leading me. It's
1: to. Not, not having the right words. Yeah. None of us no. have the right words. Yeah. It's, um, we, the big, biggest thing is we have the right Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let's just tell others about mm-hmm. him. Yeah, and and yep. how can you do that wrong, right? Yep.
0: So I'll, I'll share a challenging story. That's kind of a recent one. Challenging, too. I like, yeah, use challenge. Yeah, spun yeah it's not that. a fail. I was gonna say you a fail story, that. and I'm like, no, I'm say, <laughs> it's, it's a it's challenge. challenge, right? It's, it's ongoing. <laughs> For me, it was a fail. <laughs> <laughs> so in my group, uh, we do kind of these I will statements. of saying this next week, I will do this. And one of mine was. Um, I, I enjoy going out and playing pickleball and different things and you get to meet a lot of different people. I try to build relationships, but then you're, you know, hitting a wiffle ball at them and they're hitting it back. So you only go so far. So one of my statements was, I want to try to invest in three of these relationships a little bit more, like try to invite them out for coffee or lunch, or just try to get away from that competition part. And so I got one of them, um, to come out with me for coffee and we were talking and we're talking fantasy football and he's a Chiefs fan. And so we had a lot in common there. And I'm like, okay, the whole point of this is to try to steer it into some faith conversations. And so um I went to go and do that. And and he pretty bluntly indirectly, you know, told me he had some faith in the in the background, but he's not really open to talking about it. And and you could just kind of get the body language, you are like, ah, like yeah. how do I recover from this? Like we're, <laughs> we're sitting across. it. so we did. I think I brought up Chiefs again. And so we yeah, went back in Football. the conversation. <laughs> um, but you know, it, if you looked at whether that was a win or a fail, you'd be like, man, that didn't go near as good as what I thought it would. And and even a part of me was like, okay, is the relationship changed now? Um, but if you're curious, we actually did get together with a bunch of group of people and played pickleball again like last week. And so he's still hanging out with me, and so I'm still building those relationships. But it was kind of like a yellow light, or even a red light of, okay, I probably don't need to invite him to my group or right. church right now. It's still investing in that relationship. But when you're when you're sharing Jesus with others. It's not all wins there's a lot of challenges that come with it
1: yeah absolutely and I like how you use the red yellow you know some people are green and they're ready to listen and yep. they're dialed in and they're ready to hear the eternal perspective right uh, and the hope that's found in Jesus and some people are yellow and some people are red yep. but but it's not on us that's on the Holy Spirit to open their hearts and, and so that they can become a, a yellow and then a green and so you like to the point that you know the gentleman you spoke to, when, when, and if he does have a life event happen, yep. you know he he at least has a guy that he knows can at least pray for him, yep. or maybe even go to for for help and support. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Amanda, I, what else
2: you got? Well, I was just gonna say, listening to both your guys' um, stories, I think one of the most powerful things, really, in all three of our stories is that um, we were we've introduced the, our our ones to other people in their path, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and I think like i do the people i'm walking with a disservice if i don't introduce them to other believers and other people that can be walking alongside them um with the woman that i talked about earlier um there's three people including myself that are they're that consistently meeting with her walking with her and she may be receptive to hearing something from somebody else um more respect- receptive than hearing a certain thing from me and i think it's just really powerful when um when, yes, you, you step out and you walk with people, but you also in, introduce them to a body of believers that can come alongside and um, w- take on the responsibility of walking with them together. And um, I, I mean, I think it's the way God designed it. And I think in both of your guys' stories, like Jared, your, your friend, he, he may not connect back with you, but he's no. got other friends or other people he's um, introducing and meeting through pickleball. Um, so I think, just think it's a, it's a great asset when people have a tribe. And that's one of the things we talk about in my group is, um, we have a village, we have a tribe of women and, um, there's multiple people that have your back. It's not just me. It's not just my co-leader, Laura. It's, um, multiple people in this group that have each and every one of our backs.
1: That's so true. Many times we want to be the hero. If I'm honest, I am, it's Mm -hmm. how I'm broken, right? I, I want to be the hero in their, you know, a certain person's story. And, and that's not how God works, right? He yeah. does. He does use the body of, like to Amanda's point, he uses the body of Christ um, many times. It's more than just me. It more. It's sometimes it's many voices that come in, and are a part of uh, the conversation that will ultimately, hopefully, yield um, fruit for the kingdom. So.
0: Yep, absolutely. I think uh, I think there's a good point on one of our values is we grow Jesus followers by growing others, and so it's when we walk alongside other people or when we introduce them to, to others and allows them that opportunity to begin to walk. And I love just the heart behind your group of, you know, we're a tribe. We're a village. This yeah. is our people. We're going to do yeah. it together. And it's it's everybody. It's not just the one leader. It's no, we're all doing this right. together. And you have this kind of momentum a little bit. Right
2: another just little brief story to kind of go to that point. Um, this last Sunday, I I heard about a woman in our group that's, that's struggling that wasn't at at church on Sunday and, um, had kind of fallen off the last couple weeks. And, um, I thought, Oh my gosh, I need to reach out to her. I'm the leader of the group after all. But, but then I remembered that she has a a pretty consistent ongoing relationship with another woman in our group. So I asked this other woman if she'd reach out to her and follow up with her this week and kind of put it on her. Mm Um, Number one, because she has a really pretty powerful relationship with this person, but because it also, like, empowers her to, like, take that on and to walk with her and love her. And, um, yes, we're a group, and I've got her back too, but um, I think when we kind of call that out of other people um it it empowers them and says oh yeah i i may not feel like i'm enough to to walk with these people or check in with them or amanda's the leader so that's her job but no yeah. it's it's our All job us. you you are capable you are enough to walk with this person you have something yeah. to offer them so
1: i told you she was awesome <laughs> it's empowering even, I'm even, taking notes even, here. even people <laughs> in her home team isn't that amazing?
0: Yep. What's, um, what's one, one more story. And then I got a couple questions, you know, we always have these questions (laughs) that people sent them in on, you know, how do I do this? What does this look like? But uh, I want to wrap up. What's another story you guys can think of?
1: Yeah. Um, I think of uh some neighbors I know Amanda and I live in the same neighborhood
2: <laughs> The country <Out> in the <laughs> He country. doesn't you have chickens. Chicken. Too? No, no. Oh, chicken. he did, we did.
1: <laughs> my son had them and then he went off to the navy and uh but they all died before the navy so thankfully we didn't have to take but care of them. Like, I'm a better lie, guy, then chicken then you mom. Cooked
0: them then? and ate them or She was a better, chicken mom, a better then, chicken mom. I'm a better chicken mom. For sure. No, uh
1: yeah something ate them. We came out you know one by one like you know every few days we'd see you know some more you know, a group of feathers here, and then go to the other okay. yard, another group of feathers over there. So yeah, so there was a massacre over the course of a week.
0: I have lots of <laughs> questions, but I'll do that offline. Well, we'll <laughs> Anyway,
1: <laughs> anyway, we live in the same neighborhood, and it's, um, you know, lots of, of, it's older homes, and so with that, for whatever reason, there have been some elderly people, and it's been really cool getting, getting to know um, the neighbors. I've been there for almost going on 10 years, and a couple of World War II veterans, and mm-hmm. uh, some just some people have been there for 40, 50 years, and um, and that has allowed me the opportunity to um, to just strike up conversations and build relationships. Um, at first, it was self-serving in the in the sense that I bought a mower and I wanted to to raise money to to pay for that mower, so I have my candy
0: bar. No, I
1: have my. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> I have my kids uh, mow their yards and, and oh, okay. I would help. Yeah. So we mowed yards uh, for some of these n- elderly neighbors and and so in some ways it started off self-serving but but really over the course of not just mowing their yard, I got an opportunity to build relationship with with um, couples and individuals yeah. around the neighborhood and um, and then there's one lady in particular who a widow and um, had built that house back in the 60s or whatever and uh funny story when it was real blizzard and snowy here last winter she she was shut in and you know she's 85 years old and couldn't get out of the house and I said I called her from town I can bring you anything well she asked for a package of cigarettes no, so yeah. I was able to bring her some cigarettes but there you go. so I'm the cigarette carrying pastor but <laughs> uh but uh no but I've also been able to have a conversation with her about faith yep um and um and so um not that you know she's made this tremendous decision to follow Jesus and, you know, turn from her wicked ways, but, but it, it, not that she has wicked ways. I'm just saying yeah. it, it, but, but it opened up opportunities. And so whether it's just walking around the lake or whether I'm, you know, serving neighbors or whether I'm, you know, mowing yards, you know, it's just, um, it's, it, it isn't that hard. It really isn't that hard to just, you know, maybe if, you know, if you're not an extrovert, you know, I'm an extrovert, so it's a little easier maybe to strike up conversations, but, um, um, it's i've forced myself to make it a little bit more natural um to to leverage relationships and truly true interest in people i mean I truly have interest in people and yeah. their backgrounds and their histories and their families and I truly do care for them um I've gone into her house and fixed her furniture mm-hmm. um but also with that if, if i'm if I'm interested in her I'm also interested in in where she spends eternity
0: yeah you know i Shared this with a couple of people on what's hard is relying on myself. What's not as hard is when I rely on the Holy Spirit. So whether you're introverted, extroverted, whatever, it's like okay, I got to rely on the Holy Spirit and God to give me these opportunities and the words to say and the ways to go and serve and have the right mindset that when I am going to serve, I'm not having a bad attitude. And but just rely on God to kind of work through us. Absolutely. All right, I got a couple questions. So we we brought together people before this podcast, and each episode we've been answering some of their top questions. Are like, and this isn't just over sharing. This is over just the value of everyone walks with someone. And so we're going to start with this question of how do you how do I overcome the feeling of being a hypocrite? So where it comes from? Some people are like, well, man, I could I could share Jesus with others, I could help out others, but for me personally, I don't feel like I'm all the way there yet. Like I'm still. I still have some sin in my life. There's still some wicked ways that I have. So I feel like a hypocrite if I'm going to go and tell other people about coming to church or a group or those. So how do you overcome that feeling?
1: I I think that is probably the number one tool of the evil one, Mm. to distract and discourage or delay us from really being obedient to what God wants us to do and the conversations he wants us to have. Um, And and it's a lie. Uh, Now, I, I say that, but at the same time, Look, we're all hypocrites. Yep. I mean, there, there are times in my life where I am, I have been a hypocrite. I'll own that. Um, but that should not prevent us from sharing the hope that's found in Jesus to overcome that hypocrisy, right? I know, I'm, I, know I, I say one thing, and I have done another. I, I've done that multiple times. I told my boys, my kids, hey, you've seen this, I'm sure, But, and I've told them even when they, you know, they point out, well, dad, you you didn't get out straight A's. And I tell them what I would tell people in this instance, I am not the bar yeah for my kids. I I want them to achieve more than I have. So don't just, don't just follow me. Let's follow Jesus. And, and it's own up to the fact that, yeah, I'm broken. I am broken, Mm -hmm. but that does not mean that God can't use me. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. What would you add to this? I mean,
2: Um, I think I would add that, you know, embracing humility, I think goes a long way with overcoming, like feeling like a hypocrite in your own life. Because, um, man, when I, when I, um, think about all that God did for me on the cross and I think about how I've fallen short each and every day and yeah, I'm, I'm undeserving of the life he has for me. Um, but because of the blood of Jesus, like I can wake up every day, start new, um, not be perfect in any way but, um, do the best I can to honor God with, with, even if it's down to a minute, <laughs> I can honor God in this minute and do it yeah. well. And, um, and if I'm living each day honoring him, then it's not going to be perfect, but, um, embracing that humility. And I think that helps when you're talking to others too. Like if, if you can, um, you know, picture where they are and let them see your vulnerable, your vulnerability of like where you've been and the hardships Mm -hmm. you've had and the um, maybe the ugly places of your heart. Like you're able to um, embrace them and say like, it's not because of me. Like I, I I am a hypocrite because, because I don't deserve the goodness God's provided, but because he, he sent his son to die on the cross. Like this is, this is why I'm free to live in Christ. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And it's, you know, it's the mindset of, I'm not the one to give you hope right. and to help you out and to make you whatever it is but I can introduce you to the one true God the sin his son Jesus to do those things he he rescued me and continues to do it because I continue to to fail and I sin mm-hmm. but I can introduce you to him and he knows you and he sees you and he's got a plan for you too and so when it's that mindset it's not the hypocrite mindset it's like I I know the one true God, and I can help you understand his love, peace, purpose that he has mm-hmm. for you as well.
2: I had a little conversation to add to this today with somebody actually at work, and um, Oh, that's going to be a great segue <laughs> into our next question, well, so go yeah, ahead. Not that I do this perfect, <laughs> i mean, hypocrite, but he was talking a little bit about, you know, like, we're all just trying to do what it takes and um, do the things we need to do to get to the better place, basically. We're kind of having a little bit of a, a spiritual talk, uh-huh. and, and I said, yeah, we're all trying to do good things, but each and every one of us (laughs) fell every single day and God's not looking for perfect to carry us. He's looking for, you know, us to recognize that we need him, that without his son and without the savior, that, that, yeah, we, we are hypocrites and because of his goodness and because of his forgiveness, like he's not expecting us to be perfect. Like we screwed that up within, you know, how, how long after Adam and Eve were created that they, (laughs) 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 I mean, it didn't take, (laughs) (laughs) it didn't take long before that ship had sailed. So, um, He created us to be exactly who we are and um, it's not a list of things we have to accomplish to achieve that and to achieve his, his recognition or his um, love. It's because he's, he's already paid the price for it.
0: Yeah. Last question. And this was maybe the top question that we got of how do I mix in this walking with others um, in my neighborhood, with my coworkers, with my family, with uh, the people i work with and, and those without messing up those relationships i was like okay if i start this conversation and like and then they see me differently or i'm that holy roller or whatever it is how do i how do you mix this in so if somebody's asking this question what would you guys say
1: I, no, go ahead then
2: Okay, I, I was going to say, and you could probably add to this, or maybe you're going to say the same thing, but like it has to start with, you, you said earlier, and I, I can't remember the exact quote, but something to the lines of like, talk less, let your actions show more. Talking is very important, but it's got to start with your actions too, especially when you're um, at work and with your families. I know. Sometimes my family sees the ugliest parts of me, um, the parts of me that are very hypocritical and the parts of me that, um, are farthest from Christ. And so even like doing a check on myself and, and how I'm, how I'm acting in front of my kids or the way I'm talking about, um, people or, or things that, um, you know, that frustrate me in front of my kids and, um but letting the actions show too. like How am I loving people that I work with? How am I encouraging people that I work with? Encouraging people um, in my friendship groups and my family and how am I um, loving people and serving them? Um, So if I can answer that, yes, I'm encouraging those people, (laughs) I'm serving them well, Um, I'm showing all those actions that that a Christ follower would embody, not perfectly, not all the time, Um, then having conversations with them Um, it's going to have some weight to it because if they see me, if I'm quick to say, hey, come to church, you know, Jesus, but they haven't really seen me act a lot like I know Jesus, then it's going to be harder to have those conversations. So,
0: And even the times that we do mess up, whether it's, it's at home, it's around friends or family, coworkers, I think one of the most important things we can do is apologize and own up to it. And just, you know, sometimes those are hard conversations, especially when the other person Messed up first and you just reacted poorly and now you got to go and be like, I'm sorry, but you did that first. No, sometimes we just got to go into it and say, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I said this, I acted the wrong way. I had bad body language, whatever those things are. And it's really tough at home, you know, as well. So our actions can show that. But when we do make mistakes it's it's being vulnerable and going in and having that humility to to apologize and and, and they'll see some of that is coming from because we believe we need to cuz we're we're different that way cuz our culture we're moving further and further away of taking Ownership and responsibility of our yep. mistakes, and, and absolutely, and really having those direct conversations. I
1: think you've been reading my mail um, <laughs> because that's hard to do. That's hard yeah. to do when someone's hurt you, and, and that's a whole other podcast, right? On forgiving yeah. others and, and and living out your faith, not just yeah. in words. But, um, to me, I think to add on to what Amanda was saying is you know, if our brains are computers, then it, it matters what we're putting into them, it matters. Yeah. And so if I if I want to, like First Peter says, if I want to acknowledge Christ as Lord so that I can give a reason for the hope that lies within me, yeah. if I'm going to do that, then I've got to um, take advantage of the time and the opportunities I have, whether it's a couple minutes in the car with a podcast like this. Or whether it's a book that I'm reading at night before I go to bed, or whether it's just a simple conversation to uh, with my kids around the supper table, I've got to inject Jesus into my my thoughts, mm-hmm. so that he it will then translate into my actions and my words.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's good. What a rich conversation! I, I appreciate both of you for being here and and helping us all learn how to live out this walking with others and, and this aspect of sharing. Thank you, thank you guys for yeah, being here. It's been fun. Yeah. Well, make sure everyone tunes back in on our next episode. We're going to be sharing more examples of challenges and wins of what it looks like as we share with others. We'll see you back next episode.